And welcome, welcome to episode three of the Just On Podcast. Um, I'm David, and I'm just here again to talk about some basketball. Now, the first thing that I want to talk about is, um, you know, the Hall of Fame right now. And congratulations to, you know, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan on a great career. Of course, I'm missing other people. You know, I just don't like Sean Marion get, um, you know, consideration. Hopefully, Ben Wallace and Chris Webber get in this time. I mean, they've been kind of like struggling, I guess. Like, they were, aren't giving them enough votes to get in. But in my opinion, both of those guys should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, so I kind of want to um, talk about uh, Kobe Bryant. Uh, I mean, what can you say about Kobe Bryant? <laughs> When and why did you come to the revelation that this is the greatest player on the planet, Kobe Bryant? When I first came to L.A., Jerry showed me a tape of this kid, and I knew he had potential. Best told to me that, uh, you know, something that's an attribute that both of them have is that you could set the bar at seven and a half feet and tell them nobody's ever jumped that before, and they say, I can do it. <laughs> and they'll go out and try it. Whether they can do it or not, they're still going to try and climb it. Just if you want to have fun like I did with Bill Walton, you play with LeBron. Really? It would been probably more fun to play with uh, LeBron, but if you want to win and win and win, it's Kobe. Yeah, one of the greatest players of all time. Like you know, growing up as a Laker fan, um, it was like it was so great to like you know grow up watching Kobe for like twenty years. Like I remember coming back from school, just like watch KCAL nine, um, like around nine when like the Lakers are on the road games because like I, I never I didn't have like cable. Or, like, satellite growing up. And, like, I mean, Lakers are, like, one of my favorite things to watch. Um, I remember the first, like, time, like, I was, like, truly upset, like, as a Laker fan, like, was when they lost, like, the Spurs, like, 1999. I think they lost the Spurs, like, 4-2 to two in the Western Conference Finals. Um, not sure about that. But and I was, like, damn. What the what the fuck happened? And it was like when I was like I think like super young, I was like eight, I think so. And I was like, damn it! Like it, it kind of pissed me off growing up back then. Like, like cause like Lakers my favorite team, and for them to lose, I'm like, god damn it! And next year, 2000, they go on like this historic run of three peating with Shaq and Kobe, and I was like, man. Like, this is a good time to be a Laker fan. And then, you know, trade a Shaq and Kobe was by himself and he was just scoring like a bunch of points. And I was um, this just brings a lot of good memories, you know, talking about Kobe Bryant. Um I mean easily first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, he's done everything he could as a as a player. Now he's kinda like moving on to like the entertainment world, but you know, he's still going to be, you know, basketball player Kobe Bryant first. Um, the first first iteration of Kobe, you know, is always going to be my favorite. You know, the Afro Kobe, when he was super athletic, you know, dunking on everyone, number eight. I mean, Asians got, like, mad love for Kobe because number eight is, like, super lucky number. And I'd be seeing, like, a bunch of Asians growing up just wearing a Kobe Bryant jersey. I mean, like... I, I used to live and breathe basketball back then, just like watching it every day. Like I, I used to like 
you know, wanting to be like them, like growing up, I'm like, man, I can do this. I can be a basketball player. You know, reality, you know, reality set in, you know, later on, but I'm like, cause I'm not good enough, but that's a whole nother topic. But I mean, man, like, you know, Kobe Brown was one of my heroes growing up. I mean, every time I saw Sprite commercials, I was like, man, I'm going to go drink Sprite. Like, I Instead of a famous basketball player, do you care what I drink? Would Sprite not taste the same? Would I be doing this commercial? I, I chose to actually drink Sprite over 7-Up because, you know, Kobe Bryant was, like, in so much commercials. Um, it's, man, it's crazy talking, like, how these guys are all, like, getting ducked in the Hall of Fame. It just means I'm getting old now. It's, it's crazy, you know. You know, growing up, Laker fan, like, I had, like, a certain schedule. Um... Coming back home, I'll be watching like cartoons, like I don't know, like X Men or like um, Static Shock, like Pokemon, like whatever. Then later, it goes to, like five o'clock. It'll be like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, you know. And then around that time, it'll be Kick Out Nine on um, like Lakers on the road games, and I will like watch it and to the max. Um, Sometimes, like, when Clipper games uh, were being played on, like, Channel 5, like, on the local television network, um, and they had the Lakers on, like, obviously, like, I'll be watching it. Because that's the, that's the only time, like, that you would get to see the Lakers like, either play home or I think it's home. Like, Clippers usually, like, play on the road on Channel 5 and... Yeah, you get to see, like, like the Lakers wearing yellow. Um, that's what kind of tripped me up, because back then, like, cable, like, only had, like, yellow jerseys. And when I used to watch it on Channel 7, ABC, um, they would have, like, the, the, the Sunday white jerseys. I'm like, man, I want to see, like, the purple and gold jerseys, but whatever. Um, yeah, you know, it was, it was a fun time, you know, growing up back then, like, yeah, kind of going on a tangent right now about like you know reminiscing, but uh, man, it was it was great watching Kobe Bryant. Like, kind of want to break down like certain things, like you know, Kobe Bryant won MVP once, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I mean, you can make an argument he would have won um, the following year, next later, um, because. He had super. He had really similar close stats to LeBron James. LeBron James won the next year, and but the thing is, like Kobe Bryant went on like had like harder competition, and he had a higher win streak. But I mean, they gave it to LeBron James. I mean, it is what it is. Now, a lot of people say like, oh, you know, Nash robbed him of MVPs. Like I used to think that too, like back then. But you know, as as I'm getting older now, like I can see like. You know, the reasons why, you know, someone like Nash would get in. I mean, you know, Nash transformed the lottery team to, like, 60-win team. So, yeah, I mean, sure, he doesn't have to stat, like, the numbers, just, like, specific number stats to back it up. But, you know, his overall impact and making players better around him. Like, yeah, you know, give him the MVP. I mean, it's not really big of a deal to me. Um, 18-time All-Star, four-time MVP in the All-Star game, like, yeah, yeah, he he had eighteen times in the All Star game, but he only played fifteen times. Like he always been injured. Like it was kind of sad watching Kobe break down. 
like when they were like a lottery team, like the only reason like you would be watching the Lakers like in the lotteries because you would want to see Kobe play. Um, you, you're not trying to see like guys like Carlos Boozer, um, who who else? You know, um, Robert Sacre. <laughs> you know, Jordan Clarkson was like eh, he's, he was okay. Um, who's that other dude? Uh, I can't think of his name. He was like sleeping on like the bench. Chris Kamen, Chris Kamen, yeah, Chris Kamen. Like the Lakers, so trash. So like to see them now, like back in, in like title contending, it's pretty nice to see. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, like, dude, yeah, like season injury after season injury, like, man, it's crazy, like how much you know his body gave up on him when you know mentally like he was still like the same player but you know you know father time is undefeated um two times five time champion 11 team first team all nba two time in all nba i mean man i mean he's just going through his accomplishments right now I mean, it's insane. Obviously, you know, one of the best players of all time. All time, you know, is he like top five in scoring all the time? Like 33,000 points. Um, I think he has the most all defense for a guard as well. I mean, now you can make an argument that, you know, some of it he didn't deserve, but he was based off a of reputation, but he was still a capable defender when he wanted to, but, you know, Oh wells. Um yeah, first, first team all defense nine times. Uh three team three times all defense second time. Uh, yeah, I mean Kobe Bryant is great. I mean some people put him top five, top three, top ten. I mean it's warranted, like you know. He's had a great career. He's done like almost everything. The only issue is, you know, he played with Shaq on three of his championship years, but it, it is what it is. Like, they both needed each other, so, you know, you can make the case. It's more of like a celebration of his career. I mean, Kobe Bryant, you know, people still yell out Kobe when, you know, shooting, you know, crumbled up papers into trash. I mean, I still do it. Like, I worry about Kobe. And... And, you know, it revolves around coming back to, you know, how great of a player he is. Um, kind of gets disrespected sometimes on the all-NBA rankings, but, you know, you can't really please everyone. Kobe wasn't really a people-pleaser kind of guy. Like, he would always just keep to himself you know, work hard, you know, um, give, like, the media what they want. But ever since, you know, 2004, like, he wasn't really getting good, getting any more shine. But that's, like, a whole other topic. But, I mean, well-deserved. Kobe Bryant, you know, congratulations, you know, gives me, you know, a lot of great memories, like, just reminiscing, you know. 81 points, you know, that streak of, like, 40-plus points he was going on a tangent of. 
360. It's like some of the best, like 360 dunks. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of All Star. I mean, he made All Star games like pretty entertaining too. Like you know, growing up, and it was great. Um, I got mad love for Kobe Bryant. Man. I still, I still do that. Uh, you know how he uh, used to chew on his jersey of just. I'm just like doing that mamba face thing. Like sometimes I do that too, like as an imitation. Like imitation is more of a flattery kind of thing. But I mean, what can you say about other Kobe Bryant? Uh, well, you can say the Hornets fucked up by trading the pick to the Lakers, but he wanted to come to the Lakers either way. Uh, great player. Congratulations, Kobe Bryant. <laughs> And now the next, uh, the next player that uh, I want to talk about, you know, another first ballot Hall of Famer, Tim Duncan. You better than Duncan? No, Tim Duncan's the greatest power forward ever. He wanted to win. He wanted to be a winner. He's always been a winner. He led more by his work ethic. He led more by being that guy that wins games. And TD really, basically, whip up, transform the the franchise. Um, he's one of the best players ever. You know, I, I don't. I really try to stay away from the comparison part, Jay. But I, I would say this: unquestionably, a top ten player of all time. And when you add in his basketball character to the whole equation, um, he he doesn't take a backseat to anyone who's ever played the game. This guy- uh, one of the most underrated players of all time. I mean, in my opinion, he's he's top ten, barely outside the top five. Uh, for me, he's number six of all time. I mean, just going through, just going through this guy's accolades. I mean, fifteen times All Star. He's like two thousand All Star MVP. He's been MVP twice in two thousand one, two thousand two. Now, that was like during the Shaq and Kobe era, and I mean, the reason why is because like Shaq and Kobe canceled each other out. Like, because they were so good with each other. And, you know, Tim Duncan was more of by himself. Now, you can make the argument that, hey, what about Dave Robinson? Well, the thing is, Dave Robinson was aging, like, really quick. Like, as Tim Duncan rose up, you know, Dun- you know Robinson was, like, kind of breaking down. Uh, five-time world champion, three-time finals MVP, 1998. It was against the Knicks, 2002, uh, against the Nets, and 2004, it was um, against the Pistons. I mean, I mean, Tim Duncan is best power force ever graced the court. Like, it's it's crazy what he's done. Ten-time All-NBA, first team, second team three times, third team twice. I mean, Tim Duncan was like a... MVP candidate in his rookie year, like that is how good Tim Duncan was as a as a rookie. Now he doesn't really have like um, a lot of like the stats to like I guess like back up the claims for like all times compared to like other power forwards. Like for example, like Carmelo has like way better stats than him. Charles Barkley, same thing, has way better stats than him. 
I still take Tim Duncan over all of them. I mean, he's one of the most underrated like defenders. Well, I wouldn't say underrated because um, he's kind of like how Scottie Pippen was like. When you think of Scottie Pippen, you think of the best small forward defender of all time. And when you think of Tim Duncan, like, like you wouldn't like wouldn't you put the the same reputation towards Tim Duncan as well? Because people are surprised that Scotty never won a defensive player of the year. And you can also make the case that Tim Duncan should have won defensive player of the year as well. But they kept on giving the defensive player of the years to uh, Bruce Bowen. Now say what you will about Bruce Bowen. You know, he was a great defender, but he was, like, super dirty. And also, like, when you have Tim Duncan in the back, who's just as elite on defense, like, you have nothing to worry about. I mean, Tim Duncan has, like, uh, has, like, all NBA defense, like, eight times. Like, Tim Duncan was elite on defense every year, like, including his years when he was, like, breaking down, too, as a player. Like, he wasn't the same player, like, in... Was it 2016? But he was still pretty elite in, in defense as well. Like he made the most of what he could in his career, and I mean, he allowed Popovich to become, you know, Popovich. Now people want to hold the argument that you know, he, yeah, you can, of course, you can have a great career because you have the greatest coach of all time. Um. Tim Duncan made Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich was a nobody when he first came on the Spurs. He came on the Spurs. Spurs tanked. Next season, soars up. Tim Duncan is a MVP candidate. And then next year after that, his second year, um, he wins the NBA title. I mean, you want to make the case that, oh, you know, it was a lockout season. Like, you want to ding? You want to ding it? Like put an asterisk over it? I wouldn't go that far. Like you play who you want, who's in front of you, and you make the most of what you, what you can. And Tim Duncan has made the most of what he can. I mean, he's pretty underrated. Like in his two thousand two, two thousand three championship when he played against the Nets. I mean, people forget that in his playoff run, it was super similar to how Hakeem. Went to the finals in 1993 um, against the Knicks. Hakeem Olajuwon carried that team. Like when you say that, like people are like, oh yeah, like of course you know he carried that team. Like it was just a bunch of really good role players. Um, it was Hakeem Olajuwon, Vernon Maxwell, Kenny Smith, you know Robert Ory, like just like super solid role players, right? Same thing for Tim Duncan. Like Tim Duncan carried the Spurs, and he played against like great competition as well. Like for example, like Tim Duncan, yeah, he had a broken down David Robinson. Tony Parker was in his second year as a rookie. Well, not second; he's a sophomore year. Um, Mono Ginobili was a rookie. I mean, his second. Best players seem to be like Steven Jackson or something. And no one like mentions like Steven Jackson as like a as like an all-star caliber player or anything. They just they just go straight to saying, Oh, you know, Tony Parker's on that team. Oh, 
uh, Manjun Ohm is on the team. Obviously, like, obviously they're going to win. I mean, Tim Duncan went through, you know, the gauntlet. Like, it was crazy. He played, um, I think he played, what, the Phoenix Suns the first round, if I remember correctly. He, he carried that team. Second round, he played against Shaq and Kobe. And now Shaq and Kobe were trying to get a four-peat in that time. Like, like, sure, there were arguments, like, back then, but it wasn't as crazy as it was um, during the 2004 year, if I remember correctly. And Tim Duncan was super dominant. He was guarding Shaq. He was putting up, like, 20 and 20. I mean, this dude, Tim Duncan, absolutely killed the Lakers. Like, I remember growing up back then, I was like, dude, this guy Tim Duncan is cheating, man. He's, like, banging every shot. Like, keeps on using the backboard. Like, that's cheating. Like, but that was, that was me being stupid back then. Um, thinking like, dude, you need to do whatever it takes to win. And Tim Duncan's a, a winner. Um, he was very close to being a six-time champion. Like, not many people like bring it up, but if Ray Allen never makes that shot, and Tim Duncan's in the last possession to get the rebound, Tim Duncan would have been six and zero. Oh in the finals, and he would have won MVP in 2013. Like, that was how good Tim Duncan played in that final series. And if he won six-time, if he was a six-time champion, like, for my ranking personally, he would have been, I would have placed him above uh, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Like, he would be top four, in my opinion. Because, I mean, just Going overall, like, Tim Duncan gives you everything. He gives you, like, leadership, all the intangibles. He'll play elite defense, elite two-way um, offense as well. Like, you give him the, the ball, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be able to, like, put it in the basket. Tim Duncan is just overall, like, you know, all-time great. Like, living legend great. And, like, if you won, like, that for another championship, like for for me to say, yeah for me to say he'll be six time championship, I would say that he would win twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen. And I mean, a lot of people would look at Tim Duncan in a whole different light right now. Like like right now, currently, like Tim Duncan um is not seen as like I feel like a top ten player because I feel like he wasn't too flashy enough. Like, people don't really talk about him at all. And you can say that for Tim Duncan in most of his career. Like, he didn't, he just doesn't talk. Besides, like, laughing and getting ejected by Joey Crawford. Um, like, I feel like he should be well regarded way more than people give him credit for. Like, if you've watched Tim Duncan and grown up watching him play, like, dude, like, he is. He is the real deal. He was giving people, like, even a broken down Tim Duncan in 2013, like, when he was playing against the Clippers, like, and this was when DeAndre Jordan was, like, making a case for defensive play of the year. Like, Tim Duncan was just giving him buckets. Like, he was just scoring on him like it was nothing. And, like, it's just all fundamentals for him. He has great fundamentals. Obviously, you know, big fundamental. Tim Duncan. Um, 
It's just crazy. Like, and he should have gotten a quadruple double in the finals against the Nets. Like, they they didn't give it to him. Like, the only person I know that got a quadruple double is maybe is David Robinson, I believe, and maybe Hakeem. But, but man, like for him to put a quadruple, like a almost quadruple double, he's one block away from getting it. Like in the finals, like dude, absolutely dominant. Like they. Like the Nets, they traded for Matumbo um, to like guard against Shaq, basically, because like they're anticipating like the Lakers to come back to the finals, and the Nets were prepping for it. Like, oh, like we can make another finals run working Matumbo now. Spurs beat the Lakers, and like, oh, oh fuck! Like, all right, now we gotta you know try something different now. Yeah, it kind of worked a little bit when they put Matumbo um, on Duncan. Like, Byron Scott, like, I don't know what he was doing. There's a certain issue of uh, Byron Scott not playing Matumbo enough, if I remember correctly. And that led to, like, a lot of, like, people questioning him. Like, what, like, what the fuck's this guy, you know, what is he doing? Like, now, like, I mean, if you ask me like, what I think about Byron Scott, I think he's, like, the worst coach of all time, like. His record speaks for itself. Like when people wanted him to coach the Lakers, I was t- like telling people, like, dude, Byron Scott is such an ass coach. Like Jason Kidd was responsible for that like playoff run to the finals. Like, like Byron Scott wasn't doing anything. Like he was like he has like two coach of the year right like like accomplishments, and yet it's so overrated. Like he had Chris Paul leading the offense, and he had Jason Kidd leading the offense. Like, like, come on. Like, like Byron Scott is just tank commander. That, that's about it. And there was so much articles criticizing Byron Scott. Like, why aren't you playing Matumbo? Like, like, Tim Dunk is killing you on the block. Like, what are you doing? And I forgot the, the, the answer, but it was, it was stupid. It's fucking stupid. But anyways... Tim Duncan, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame. Um, I feel like, in my opinion, like, there's certain players that have, like, numbers that it will never be bypassed. Like, you know, Kobe Bryant, like, like that number 24 should not be worn by anybody. It's kind of like the same thing for, like, Jordan. Like, number 23, don't wear number 23. Kobe, don't wear 24 anymore for any play new players. Tim Duncan, don't wear 21 anymore. Uh, but, you know. That might be a little too extreme, but, you know, it is what it is, huh? And, you know, congratulations, Tim Duncan. Um, first ballot Hall of Fame, easy. Um, can't wait for the speech. It's going to be... I, I can't... I want to know, like, what's he going to dress up as? Like, like right now, like, he's been dressing, dressing kind of fresh, like, with the dreads and everything. And I feel like... I don't know if he's going through, like, a midlife crisis or something, but... Like, all this new styling on him, like, ooh... This kind of feels weird, but, you know, congratulations, Tim Duncan, um, in a fabulous career, first ballot Hall of Fame, a legendary player, and, you know, it was great watching you play basketball. Now, 
another first ballot Hall of Famer, you know, KG. KG never took a day off. You had the coaches had to tell him to go sit down. That's how passionate he was about his team, his organization, his teammates. Never took a day off in practice. What you saw in the game is what he gave every day in practice. I'm Big ticket. I mean, Kevin Garnett, like, growing up watching Kevin Garnett, it was, it was crazy because, like, dude, this guy is so impactful on the defensive end. Like, like he was one of the best two-way players in the NBA when, when I was watching. Like, man, I have, like, so much, like, love for, like, 2000s basketball. Like, some people say it was, like, some of the worst basketball ever played during the 2000 era. And, you know, I can see why because, like, everyone was playing hero ball. Like, it was, like, ISO to the max, like, Iverson. Kobe, T-Mac, like, all these wings were, like, playing ISO and everything. But, like, for me growing up, I'm like, man, like, maybe I see it differently. Like, I'm like, oh, man, this is an exciting times, like, watching people ISO. But, like, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Um, I mean, Kevin, what can you say more about Kevin Garnett? You know, one of the best defenders of all time. Who can guard five positions? Um played 21 seasons like damn that's a lot of seasons man um i mean most of my memories mo is uh is him being on the timberwolves um he's basically what he made the timberwolves he just represented it being the only player i guess to like carry them to the playoffs like to like the western conference playoffs like that was that was it that was how great Cam Garnett was. I mean, that, that was during its MVP season. Um, super. I think in a way he's kind of underrated, I guess. Um, because like people were saying that Draymond Green is, you know, one of the best defenders of all time because he can go out five positions. I mean, what about KG? Like, KG can do that as well as giving you, like, 25 points a game. I mean, this was during his Wolves era, too. I mean, KG played in one of the most defensive eras of all time. Like, the scoring went down, like, really low because everyone was playing super hard defense. Um, like, like there is no no easy sh easy shots. Um, I mean, going going through his acolytes, like, 15 times all, all-star. Um... One time All Star MVP, four time All NBA First Team. Now, yeah, the reason why he has like so less first teams is because Tim Duncan is mainly going to be the power forward that's in first team. Second team three times, and third team twice. I mean, he there's a lot of power forwards uh, um, in the West. I feel like. Or maybe one well, he's not. It's basically just Tim Duncan, Kim Garnett, and Dirk Nowitzki. Like those guys will be rotating. Well, it'll be him and Nowitzki always rotating. I mean, all M all NBA first team nine times. God damn. Um, defensive player of the year, 2007, 2008. Just one championship. Like, yeah. Like, some people argue that, you know, they could have got one more championships if he didn't in get injured the next year. Um, but, you know, that's a lot, a lot of ifs. Like, for example, like, back then, 
um, when there were trade rumors of KG, um, there was there was a rumors of the Lakers like trying to get Kevin Garnett. Like they wanted to pair Kobe with Kevin Garnett. Now I'm not sure if if we were to get Kevin Garnett, we would have never gotten Pau Gasol. Like I mean, in my opinion, if that happened, the Lakers probably would have three peated. Like if no injuries, they would have three peated. Like. No KG in 2007-2008 to, like, defend Pau Gasol and, like, just straight up dominate him. Um, and it was just, it would just be more of a easier run for the Lakers. Like, who knows what happens to Boston? Who knows what happens to Ray Allen if, you know, Kim Garnett doesn't go to the Celtics? I mean, when I was first hearing those rumors, like, oh, man, we can get Kim Garnett? You know, hell, fuck yeah, dude. Like, I'm here watching, like, Chris Mim and like Kwame Brown like playing like yo fuck these dudes like these guys suck like Kevin Garnett is, is on the market right now like Jerry Buss you know pull out the check get the guy out of Minnesota get him get him to Lakerland like like of course but it didn't happen you know he he straight up dominated Pau Gasol like in that final series, like, it, it was crazy. Like, he just took his heart out in that series. And, and that, that's kind of like what KG is as a person. He's like that, that super annoying-ass player. Kind of like Draymond, but he took it, like, like f- even farther. Like, he'll be he'll be talking mad shit. Like, KG's like, oh, I'm like, a super intense player. Like, get up in your face. Like, like just to, like, annoy you. Like, he was saying some fucked up shit to, like, get Tim Duncan, like, out of the rhythm. Like, he would talk about Tim Duncan's mom and, like, all this fucking fucked up shit. Just, like, get, like, an edge, like, on, like, certain people. Because, like, I guess in his mind, like, if you're not, like, playing perfectly, if he can, like, say whatever things to get, like, advantage, like, on you, like, he'll he'll do it. I mean, he'll, he'll do it. Um. But I mean, great career, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame. He should have never went to the Nets. Like, I don't know. I can't believe Paul Pierce and and Kevin Garnett agreed to go to the Nets, and I can't believe the Nets actually wanted them. Like, you can clearly see that they were on their last last legs. Like, in the playoff um, series against the Heat, like in was it twenty thirteen? I think it was 2013, like, I think, like, that's that was a great series, too, like, I was like, man, like, they were up 3-2, and I was thinking to myself, like, dude, like, if LeBron and company loses this series, like, the amount of backlash that LeBron would get from everyone would have been insane, like, that's why, like, when LeBron went to, like, the, the garden and put up, like, 45 points, I was like, damn, like, LeBron, like, did not want to lose that game. Um, I mean, just recently, like Kevin Garnett was like talking about you know, LeBron James and you know company, like oh you know we we don't fuck with Kevin with uh, LeBron James. I mean, of course, like they didn't like that's that's how that's how KG was in the locker room. Like it's either it's us against everyone. I mean, that's why like he's, he still doesn't like Ray Allen, like for whatever reason. 
like it, like Ray Allen says, like too, like we grew we grew up each, with each other. Like it's just basketball. Like it's not personal. Like but KG, you know, he takes it super personal. Like like he lives and breathes like basketball life to the max, like to the extreme. Like like maybe even more extremely like Kobe. Like in a way that in a way like if you get if you're not on the same team, you're not you know you're not part of the family, and you just you're just no one now like. Like it is what it is. Like if you like willfully go to like a competing rival, and we're done. Like he'll just cut you off straight up, man. I mean, that's for better or worse of what KG was as a person. I mean, I mean, you know, he's had a great career. Like you know, if he if he's done this all through his life as a basketball player, then you know, it worked. Like. First Ball Hall of Famer, you know, great player in his heyday. I mean, he was one one game away from you know going back to the finals. Um, you know, barring that Rajon Rondo injury, like if Rondo didn't get injured, um, who knows what would have happened in that series? Like, like his tussle, with, like D Wade, like of how he broke his arm. I was like, whoa, like no broken arm. Who knows? Like that series up in the air, but you know, you know. Congratulations to Kevin Garnett on a great career. You know, it was great watching Scott play Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, he made the Minnesota Timberwolves. If you, if you think of the Wolves, you think of him growing up back then, number twenty-one. Um, fabulous career. You know, thanks for the memories. You know, uh, Gary, you're in the Hall of Fame. Shaq, you're in the Hall of Fame. I'm in the Hall of Fame. Kevin, you're a borderline Hall of Famer. Gary, borderline. Me and Shaq have been talking about. Champion. Uh, champion. Uh, it's all good. Me and Shaq, champion. Shaq, it's all good. Me and Shaq, champion. 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 Shaq, Kevin Garnett. Um, the next topic um, kind of want to go through is um, kind of like how the notion of everyone talking about James Harden being like one of the greatest like offensive players since um, Will Chamberlain. Nick, is James Harden the best scorer since Wilt? No, he's second best scorer since Wilt. Wilt, Jordan, Harden. And I think Harden has now passed Elgin, uh, Rick Barry, who gets forgotten in this, uh, and Kobe. And since, like, Michael Jordan, like, they're telling people right now that he is the greatest offensive player in this generation. And in my opinion, like, I don't agree with that whatsoever. Like, for me, the greatest offensive player in this generation right now, this current basketball um, iteration, this era, is Kevin Durant like, like for me, like Kevin Durant can do everything that James Harden can do. He just, he just doesn't have the green light that James Harden does now. Now, am I hating on James Harden? Absolutely not. Like James Harden is a great basketball player. Like he is, um, 
he's top five in the NBA. Um, um, he should, you know, he's just averaging his numbers because he's getting the attempts and everything. He gets like the most green light to do whatever he wants. He takes like 12 threes a game. I mean, he takes like so much shots. Like, it's either layup, you know, pick and roll, assist, or step back three. Like, that's basically James Harden. Like, now, I was watching like the Clipper game and they were doubling Harden, like, trying to get him, like, get the ball out of his hand. And, you know, Westbrook was on. He was on it that, that night. And, they gave like James Harden more leeway to like score more efficiently than he than he usually is. Like he is not efficient at all. Like for him to take so much shots and like he was averaging like what thirty three percent from the three. Um, is he is he like forty percent from like two? I got I gotta check out the stats right now, but like he's usually around like the low forties or like at least like forty four, I think, and. People are touting him to be like, you know, this this offensive monster and like whatnot. I mean, look, like Kevin Durant is the best offensive player, you know, in my opinion. Like, just look at what he did in OKC when Russell Westbrook went down. Like, he, that was MVP season. Like, he was averaging 32 points um, and like seven and four or something, like seven rebounds, four assists. It was like something around that range on 50%. And he was actually like 50%, 39 from three and 87 from free throw line. Like this was like around the beginning of the, of the era that we're in. And, and he, he led that team to like a 59 win season. Um, I mean, this dude, this dude, Kevin Durant, is one of the greatest scorers of all time. Now, is James Harden one of the greatest scorers of all time as well? Yeah, I'll, I'll give him that as well. Like, he, he scores, like, in, like, a multitude of ways. And, like, he's, like, averaging, like, like he can pull up, like, 28 to, you know, 35 points, you know, a game. But, you know, like I said, Kevin Durant could do the same thing. Averages higher percentage. It's more efficient. And, you know, he's seven foot, too. So, you know, that's how how much of a mismatch that Kevin Durant provides, you know, when he's on the court. I mean, just looking at his MVP, like, season stats right now, I mean, like, like since Michael, Michael Jordan was the last person to average 35 and 5, and that was in 1991 and 1992, like, Kevin Durant put up those stats in 20. 14. Um, so basically, he averaged 32, 7, and 5, which, which is crazy. <laughs> he played both sides on, on the, the court as well. I mean, I mean, yeah, James Harden's like putting up like what, like 50 point triple doubles, but I mean, like, so what? Like, like James Harden holds the ball like 90% of the time. I mean, he gets like the, he has the highest usage rate in the NBA that I've seen so far. Like, it's crazy, like, like even with Westbrook on the court, like he will just ignore Westbrook, do like a dribble, 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 that dribble, 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 step back, and you know, he'll make it or he won't. Like it's like, like, dude, like you just become so predictable. Like, like there's a reason why James Harden struggles in 
in the postseason. And it's because he's super predictable. He does the same thing over and over and over again. Like, like, like D'Antoni does not coach this team. Like, for people who are trying to blame like Mike D'Antoni, he, Mike D'Antoni doesn't do anything. Like, like he will not draw a play up for James Harden because James Harden's gonna ignore it. He's gonna use do the whatever he feels like. You know, give screen, pick and roll, step back. That, that's that's basically it. Um, I mean, he, he the applaud that he's getting, like like the greatest play, offensive players just willed, like you know, yeah, he, he scored like what he passed Michael Jordan for like the most sixty point games, like yeah, it's all great record wise, but I mean, you if you watch this guy, like you would know, like what does he do, like he just. Like he, you're just overrating James Harden now. Like he is the perfect player in this era, but for people to say that you know he can like average like 38 points in the 2000 era or in the 90s era or even in the 80s era is I don't I don't believe it myself. Like like come on, like James Harden. If you put James Harden in the 90s or the 80s, like. He would not have the amount of green light that he has in this day. Like he would have to play and conform into like a system, and he's he's not efficient as well. Like for the amount of threes that he just takes randomly, like like dude, like you would get benched. Like like, like if you played against like in the nineties, like in super super physical era, like you play against bad boys, like bad boys or like the Knicks, like dude, they'll. They'll see you and they'll they'll they'll, um, they'll put you on the ground like when you try to do that little um, when you drive it in layup or do that assist like they'll they'll put you down like physical physicality wise and it was way more harder to um, have the amount of ball handling control that you have compared to today like for 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 what James Harden does is you know is perfect for today like. But you know, back in the day, like he'll be called for like carries and travels. Like, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's just facts. Like, like come on, like just look at James Harden, like what he does, like all, all this like step backs and uh, and dribbling and carries and stuff that you could get away with. Like that's why people hate James Harden. Like, like it's like, dude, like this guy just gets away with like murder, basically. Like, but like I said, James Harden is a great player. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's a great player. I just feel like he shouldn't be touted as the greatest offensive player or even the greatest ISO player, you know, of all time. Like, there are great players on his ISO level today. Like, Kevin Durant, one of the best ISO players of all time. Kyrie Irving is also one of the best ISO players today. Like, there are just great ISO players. I mean, LeBron James in the ISO is, like, great, too. Like, for for him to be, like, you know, like, touted, like, I don't know if it's Chris Broussard or, like, all these freaking media pundits, but, you know, look, you need to slowly roll. Like, like come on, man. Like, James Harden needs to prove that, like, his play style is, like, winning style because, like, from what I've seen, like, this that just flames out in the in the, in the postseason. But, you know, 
it is what it is, I guess, for James Harden. Like, look, like, this is his last shot, in my opinion. Like, like there is no going up from here. Like, if something happens next season, like a major trade in the offseason, like, this is it. Like, this is your last shot to, like, prove to people that, you know, like, your style winning, your style play, you know, can contribute to, like, a finals win. Like, if James Harden won a championship, like, doing this, like, he will be looked at in a total, totally different light. Like, now you can say, oh, like, well, like, that's how great of a, you know, individual player he is because his, because, you know, he carried this team, like, with his scoring and whatnot. But, you know, if you don't have, like, the championships to back up his, you know, his style play, like, it's like, it's not winning. It's not winning basketball. It's like, it's like what Isaiah Thomas says, like, basketball is not played on a paper sheet, like, like just because Daryl Morey like focuses on analytics, like does not mean that you should only focus on these two specific styles of play, like that are of higher percentage than the mid range. Like, like come on, like that's just not basketball. Like, I mean, that's like for for Daryl Morey to say that's bullshit is like you know it's ridiculous. And no, he's not a greater offensive player than Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is. The greatest score of all time. And, you know, for him to be compared to James Harden is just ridiculous. But, you know, it is what it is, you know. James Harden, you know, if you want to keep on you know, scoring, holding the ball 90% of the time, trying to average 40 points a game, go for it, dude. But, you know, you're not winning. You're not, you're not winning jack shit of that style. Oh, man. Um, I think um, the last topic I'll end uh, today would be about, um, I guess, what Virgil said about um, streetwear in 2020. I mean, 2020 is coming up. Uh, for those who don't know who Virgil is, Virgil is the um, creator of Off-White. Uh, basically, he's on the shirts, like, any shirt, it would just say off white, and there'll be like X on the back. And you know, and for him to say that uh, in 2020, that streetwear is gonna be uh, you know dead in 20 in 2020 is, is pretty pretty crazy. Like if you think about it, like like this guy is one of the lead, leading um, uh, creators in the street world, in the streetwear world. And for him to, like, say something like that, it's like, like, whoa, like, I, it's just not anybody. Like, if I were to say it, like, people would think, like, dude, you're, you're fucking stupid. Like, dude, just stop talking right now. Like, but for him to say it, it's, it's kind of pretty damning. Like, it's like, the quote was, um, basically, if, you know, how many shirts are we gonna wear? Like, you know, the Vinci style, it's, it's, it's dope and whatnot, but I mean, how how far can we like push streetwear? And in a way, like yeah, I, I agree. Like you know, it's usually like the same like kind of aesthetics. Like I mean, even right now, like like when when Virgil came out with the off white um, Jordans, like like no one was writing anything on the shoes, and. All of a sudden, like, there's so many, like, riding on shoes nowadays. Like, even Nike, like, the regular Nike shoes, like, they're putting, like, 
like words on it, like kind of like trying to like steal like off of like Virgil's like style, and I mean it's crazy like how much impact that this guy has, and for him to say that streetwear's gonna die, like I mean for me personally, I feel like streetwear will never die. Like there's just too too much of a culture in streetwear for it to die. Like too much of a community. Like I mean Japan, like think about it, like. They're super into like streetwear and like tech wear and whatnot, like double taps, you know, fucking rabbits, um, like bape. I mean, come on, like they're like super into like streetwear. Um, I mean, like even the, like the rappers, like rappers wear like these streetwear designer clothes all the time. Like not even like discounting Gucci and whatnot. They were off white, rude, velone, like. All these crazy stuff, like, like I feel like you know, rap is too too par- too big of a culture in like fashion that for streetwear to die. Like, I mean, but it'll, it'll be interesting. Like, I just want I want to know, like, um, I want to know, like, like what made him like think like this was the tipping point, like this is the peak of streetwear. I mean, I mean, streetwear is pretty subjective. Um, I mean, some people just like, I don't know, like, for example, they'll take like a picture of, you know, a skyscraper and just slap Supreme on it. And it's like, oh, it's streetwear. Like, I mean, it's pretty subjective. And, and I, I mean, personally, like, I, I enjoy streetwear. Like, like, I like wearing that shit. Like, I like the Gucci and like the Balenciaga and all these like Balmain stuff. Like, you can keep it. Like, I, I'm cool. Like, just t-shirts of, like, Supreme, Babe, you know, Off-White and whatnot. Like, it's just more comfort. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in 2020. Like, we'll see. And think that should wrap it up. Um, just want to say thank you for listening, whoever you are. Um, be sure to just follow Follow the podcast and maybe check out the YouTube channel if you do listen, listen to this podcast. Um, I usually split up these things into videos. And I just want to say, again, thank you so much. Um, and I'll be signing out. Peace out.